Greetings and welcome to our first episode of Journey to Equity and Inclusion in the Sciences. This podcast is brought to you with funding by the National Science Foundation, also known as NSF. My name is Makeda Cheatham, and I'm the Executive Director of the World Bead Cultural Center in San Diego, California, and I will be one of your hosts. Currently, I'm a co-PI or co-principal investigator for a NSF grant project, the Noise Project, and a former advisor as a ICBO or Independent Community-Based Organization for the Grant Project. You ready for this? It's a long one. Examining contextual factors that influence the implementation of projects designed to improve cultural diversity in the informal STEM program, or ECF for short. Oh my, I can't believe we just got through that. Sorry. That, <laughs> that was definitely a long grant name. I'm so glad we just call it ECF. I would have a hard time remembering that. I don't think you would, Bernice. I definitely would need a lot of practice. Hi, my name is Berenice Rodriguez, and I am your co-host, as well as an ICBO for the ACF and NOID project. In this podcast, we will be chatting with a few of our ICBO colleagues, reflecting on our journey to equity and inclusion in the sciences in our seven years of research and collaboration. Now, just a heads up. Throughout the interviews, you'll be hearing us bring up a few acronyms and terminology that may be unfamiliar to you. Each episode, Makeda and I will make sure to give you some context behind the acronyms and terminology used. In our community review board, one of our non-negotiables is to make sure that everyone in the project, including its communities, understands what's being asked or shared with the project. We want this podcast to be accessible to everyone. I know I just threw out some terms out there, but bear with us. We'll get into what we mean by community review board and non-negotiables on the next episode. The following interviews are from the ICBO community members from various walks of life, and we're so excited to share their voices. We've learned so much in these two research projects over the last seven years. And in the last three years, we had the opportunity to put our ECF, community-based research for EDI, in the sciences to the test. One of the things we learned is that this type of work toward authentic equity and inclusion takes time and commitment. Now, let's hear some of our colleagues First, we'll start with Bobby Wilson. Bobby is a co-founder and CEO of Metro Atlanta Urban Farms, and he is a co-principal investigator for the Noise Project and a former ICBO advisor for the ECF Project. Here's Bobby Wilson. name is uh, Bobby L. Wilson. 
better known as Bobby Lee. I was born and reared in the great state of Mississippi. Uh, been in Georgia now for about 40 years. How did you first get involved with the ECF project? Do you remember? I went to a conference in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, several years ago and uh, ran into some people that I knew from Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And I was invited to participate in a project about seven years ago. And then we started talking about one project ending and starting another one. And we got funded through the National Science Foundation for the Norris Project. And uh, I became actively involved in the Norris Project. And uh, it has been a great ride for me. What did working on the project teach you about diversity, inclusion, equity, and justice in the sciences? Yeah, after uh, being engaged and involved as a uh, first-time co-PI, and uh, from our first project, we learned so much about uh, injustice, uh, diversity, and inclusion that we carried it over to the science project. And we truly do believe that all of the inequities that happens in life is, is centered around those who have power and privilege and not willing to uh, give up power and privilege. Uh, the one thing that I felt real strongly about was that we should be able to teach the generations that will follow us that things have not always been like they are today. And everything that we see is not really what we see. There's always hidden agendas and equity, diversity, and inclusion is always hidden from us. And our young people tend to think that there never was uh, uh, a time when people of color could not go into restaurants. There never was a time when our bathrooms were separate from those who had power and privilege. There never was a time when there were two water fountains, one says white and the other one said uh, colored. And so the one thing that I wanted most out of this Norris project was uh, more than a report. And I wanted our young people to understand that equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, has hindered so many of us from reaching our full potential. So the one thing that I felt real strongly about and that I wanted was that the next generation would get something from this and that uh, we would be able to uh, help thrust uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion to the forefront of what's going on within our society as a whole. How did you see the non-negotiables working agreements? Our community 
framework play used in the noise project? Our non-negotiables was a set of rules that we put before ourselves so that uh, our team would feel comfortable in terms of expressing themselves and being able to say the things that they need to say without fear uh, of being uh, persecuted for saying what they felt real strongly about. So our non-negotiables open up opportunities and chances for people like me to express themselves in totality so that uh, we had that uh, lack of fear. And it gave me courage to speak up and speak out on behalf of my communities. And what I believe was definitely uh, important uh, for the community as a whole. After working on the noise project, how would you define co-creation? Has your definition changed over time? I think co-creation is real tough. It takes a lot of patience. Uh, co-creation is important because everybody has a voice and part about non-negotiables make sure that all voices are heard. And so um, I feel like co-creation is tough, but it's fair. And uh, it opens up opportunities for those who would not speak up and speak out. It gives them courage and an opportunity to speak up and speak out. Has your definition changed in any way over time? I'm not sure whether my definition for co-creation has changed. I think in my day-to-day activities and my day-to-day work, I tend to uh, offer up that opportunity, especially staff and for other people that I'm sitting at the table with to bring their voices in and I'm more open to uh, other people's ideas. I'm more open to the fact that it's more than one way to uh, deal with a situation and still get the same results. And I'm more um, open to listening to what others have to say. With that said, Co-creation has become very much a part of my everyday work and my everyday life as well. So I would have to say that it has changed because of the fact that it has very much been a part of the uh, noise uh, project for us. Using the community framework and its results, what advice would you give to community-based organizations or science institutions that are looking to collaborate? What advice would you give, Bobby? 
I think the one thing that uh, we did a video a while back and we talked about how science is everywhere. So what that what really the point that I was trying to get over was the fact that um, even though we think science is only in our large institutions, but I want our communities, marginalized and underserved communities to realize that science is even in our communities and in our day-to-day lives. And we have been able to express that through our young people. We've been able to express that through our educators who are not involved and engaged in teaching science. So we have really uh, been able to uh, explore, introduce, and give science a new meaning in underserved communities that we represent throughout the metro Atlanta area. Greetings again to our listeners. Hope you are enjoying the show. Our first episode featuring Bobby Wilson is a special two-part interview. In the following interviews, he goes deeper into the challenges he has observed in bringing equity, diversity, and inclusion into the sciences. He also speaks about his desire for systemic change in the sciences and a potential future for the ICBOs. So stay tuned. What as a grassroots co-PI, what are some of your revelations? I would say that uh, I've always thought about seven years ago, we kind of started on this project and we brought forth some major issues. We understood clearly that there's a power and privilege structure that's in place in this country. But as we looked at the major institutions that we were a part of and working with, we understood that there were major power and privileges that's been given to those that have been put in so-called high places. I understand the fact that there are those of us like Metro Atlanta Urban Farm, the World Beat Center, Camp Compass, uh, and clues who are co-PIs in this project with through the National Science Foundation. This North project has put us on the cutting edge, the cutting edge. And I feel real strongly about seven years ago, we started to understand power and privilege and we started to address those issues. And I say, as of today, we have carried the ball down the field. And and in my mind, we are pretty close to uh, making a touchdown. And I know you said, well, Bobby, what do you mean by that? I mean that we have called power and privilege out at the national level at the hierarchy level. 
we have told power and privilege that you have not been treating those of us at the grassroots level as it relates to equity, diversity, and inclusion. We have asked for a seat at the table and there are those who are still fighting to give us a seat at the table. But on the other hand, there are those who are at the table are fighting for those who are underprivileged, those who are living in marginalized communities, those who are in poor communities, those who are not a part of the power structure, to let them in and give them a seat at the table. And so I'm excited about the fact that we have carried the ball down the field. We have our foot in the door right now and the opportunities and the chances for us to open the door, to push the door open. And from our perspective, we don't want to force ourselves into the door. We want those who have power and privilege to invite us in and hear what we have to say. I hope I'm making sense in terms of where we are with the Norris Project as it relates to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and giving us a seat at the table. Bobby, do you feel we have seen resistance? Yes, uh, we've definitely seen resistance from the top down. But we, we, we have also seen those who are sitting at the table but maybe not at the top, but they do have a seat at the table and they are fighting on our behalf. And uh, 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 allow me to use this metaphor. The ship has sailed. And those of us who are marginalized and undisturbed understand the power that we have. If we refuse to be a part of what's going on with the power and the privilege, then the power and the privilege cannot sail the ship by themselves. Let me say that another way. If we refuse to participate in these studies that's coming to our community, if we don't participate, then they don't get the results that they need. And so one thing that we as co-PIs have done, we realize our value. And if we refuse to participate and we refuse to call them out in terms of the inequities, then they got to send that information higher up the line. And, 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 and do we have somebody higher up the line saying we can't continue to go in this direction? We got to give these folks that's marginalized and living in the underserved communities a fair shot at the work that they are doing and the impact that they are having. And we got to pay them for it. We got to respect them for it. So those things are so important. But there's also this other group that's contracted out through various means. 
and they understand what's going on. But if they say what is really truthful, and I'm going to use a term that I grew up with, that they will become blackballed and they never get another contract. They never get an opportunity to participate in a national study like we have going on. And I know this to be a fact because I have been blackballed in certain situations. I was an evaluator for grants for uh, USDA, but I called them out for the racism that they were practicing during the uh, evaluation of those grants. And I never evaluated another grant in the last 30 years because I called them out on racism. Well, Bobby, this seems so familiar. In our community, every time you take one step forward, you run into some form of institutionalized racism that puts you two steps backwards. So what do you think, man? How do we progress in bringing equity in the sciences? There are those that are in high places. They have never been for us on yesteryears and they will not be for us on the years to come. But we gotta continue to try to get them to understand the importance of where we are, not only in this program that we are part of, but also in terms of where we are in this country today. There are two fashions that's going on. Those who want to hold us back and those who want to bring us into the fold. So what we got to be aware of, those who want to bring us into the fold that's already at the table, we got to make sure that we keep them at the table because those of us that's been on the front line in these underserved communities and fighting the battle, we know how to shred water. So we can shred it a little bit longer than they can. We know how to survive in shark infested waters. We know how to survive for those who are coming after us day in and day out. We already know how to do it. And we need to keep those people who are fighting for us in high places so that they can continue to have the impact and the influence upon others. Because if we don't have anybody at the table, I feel real strongly that we are worse off by not having anybody at the table. So Metro Atlanta Urban Farm, and I believe I can speak on behalf of my other co-PIs, and I know one of the things that's part of our working agreements is that we don't speak for each other. We only speak for ourselves. But I think we are prepared and we are ready to fight this battle to the end. And we are not going to walk away from those who have been fighting for us. 
This material is based upon work supported by the National Science Foundation under grant number DRL 1422022. Examining contextual factors that influence the implementation of projects designed to improve cultural diversity in the informal STEM programming. ECF. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this material are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the National Science Foundation. <music>